This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. All right, what's going on, America? And welcome to another episode of the Dear America podcast. Now, what I'm going to talk about today, as you can tell by the title, I think we're going to call it My Kid's Fat and Medication is the Answer? (laughs) Question mark. This episode is going to primarily be about this ridiculous article that I read about childhood obesity. Um, but before we get into all those things, we got to do stupid things of the day. So I'm going to take my sip of water and we're going to jump right into it. First off, apparently words are now bad. This is not new. We've known this. Uh, you can't even say the word manhole cover in, uh, California because it's sexist, but nobody has a problem with the word mansions. But either way, Fox news is reporting on a USA today article which warns against using culturally sensitive words. Let's find out what words we're talking about. Again, this comes from foxnews.com. USA Today warns against using culturally sensitive words like aloha, hola, or shalom. (laughs) Is it time to stop saying aloha and other culturally sensitive words out of context, they ask? Written by David Oliver an entertainment lifestyle and wellness reporter. Well, right there, you automatically know that David Oliver is someone to be taken seriously. He is an entertainment lifestyle and wellness reporter who writes about diversity and inclusion. David Oliver, diversity and inclusion. The article argues that the use of words like aloha, hola, and shalom could be harmful to people of other cultures. Just, he says, quote, just because you can say something doesn't mean it's always appropriate, Oliver warned, writing, if you're not Hawaiian and you say aloha, it could come off as mockery. The use of certain words requires education, knowledge, and the foresight to understand when they should or shouldn't come out of your mouth, he continued. Wow. Okay, let's read more. I'm interested. Why not? Of course, Not all uses of language outside of someone's culture are problematic. He continued, intention matters most. Dropping hola or shalom to someone who you know who speaks Spanish or Hebrew, for example, isn't something to worry about. 
actively don a fake exaggerated accent and say those words. Therein lies the problem. So you can't say hola. <laughs> Shalom. You can't say it like that. You just got to say hola. Shalom. <laughs> Aloha. What a good Lord. Uh, let's say uh, he wrote that saying, uh, Niao. <laughs> You can't even say the word ni hao without even doing the accent. Try try saying it. It's a Mandarin greeting, right? To an Asian American. <laughs> try saying ni hao <laughs> without saying ni hao. <laughs> Hold on. Let me try to do it one more time. <clears throat> Don't make me laugh. This is super serious. <clears throat> ni hao. <laughs> it almost sounds like you're saying meow when you say it. Nihao <laughs> saying he wrote saying Nihao to a Mandarin greeting. Uh, oh, sorry. <laughs> he wrote that saying Nihao. A man, I say I just did it again. A Mandarin greeting to an Asian American who is not Chinese could be both othering. I guess they're saying bothering and a microaggression. What we need is a critical consciousness in our public around language. Jeffrey McCune, director of the Frederick Douglass Institute of African uh, and uh, African American Studies at the University of Rochester, or Rochester, told Oliver, language is too critical to our culture that we can't just casually use language in ways that might offend or even harm, do harm to certain groups of people. McCune continued, we have a responsibility to be somewhat judicious with our language and to have care for what we do with language. It's the larger cultural considerations around the use of these words that matter most. Everyone needs context before speaking another culture's language besides their own. That's it. If I hear anyone that is not a redneck from the southern states of America <laughs> say the word ain't, I am filing a complaint. With the HR department. What a stupid thing to write about. Can you imagine being a journalist, right? And journalists either get assigned things to write about or they're like, ooh, uh, you know, I don't know what is it, chief editor. <laughs> I got an idea for a great article that's going to do a lot of good for the human condition. We need to eliminate saying the words aloha, hola, and shalom because that's offensive. Or meow. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. Are the Biden administration's New Year's goals of tax and spend and turn a blind eye to inflation at odds with your goals of securing your savings? When you finally had enough of the games government is playing with your savings and retirement, diversify into gold with Birch Gold. I am tired of my money being impacted by stupid decisions by leaders in Washington. Birch Gold makes it easy to convert an IRA of 401k into an IRA in precious metals. Here's what you need to do. Text the word Graham, that's G-R-A-H-A-M, to 989898 to claim your free info kit on gold. With almost 20 years' experience converting IRAs and 401ks into precious metals, Birch Gold can help you protect yourself with gold today by texting Graham to the number 989898. With an A-plus rating from the Better Business Bureau, thousands of happy customers, and countless five-star reviews, 
Secure your future with gold. Start today with a free info kit. There's zero obligation to make this request. Just text Graham, that's G-R-A-H-A-M, to 989898 right now. Okay. All right, our face mask back. Apparently, uh, they are in <laughs> California. Uh, go figure. Here we go. I'm back here at home. If you're visiting Yosemite National Park for some winter hiking or sightseeing, you might have to wear a face mask. The National Park Service is once again requiring masks inside any federal buildings at the park and on enclosed public transportation, such as shuttles. That's because of increased COVID spread in the California counties where Yosemite is located. You'll have to mask up indoors, even if you are vaccinated. Why would why would anyone live in California? I mean, I just I really, really just I have to ask the question these days. Why would you do that? Why would why would anyone want to live in California? It's so horrible. I just I don't understand it. All right, let, let's move along. This was interesting, and I'm reading this in real time. I I literally just saw this, and I'm like, oh, that's interesting. I'll read that on the show. Uh, New York Post is reporting that Seven Eleven stores in Texas and California use classical music to shoo homeless people. I, I like I said, this may not be funny at all, but I, I just I was immediately intrigued. So we're going to read this together in real time. Some 7-Eleven convenience stores around the country, including Texas and California, have started using roaring classical and opera music as a tactic to deter homeless people from camping out in front of their storefronts. I guess 7-Elevens are super popular areas for homeless people to gather in front of. California and Texas both have homeless problems. Okay. California is known. Texas isn't quite as known, but especially in Austin, it's getting really, really bad. The homeless populations. Uh, one Texas 7-Eleven owner says the goal is to deter homeless individuals from being there and harassing customers. Some customers say they're all for the music while others are annoyed by it. The store owner, Jajet Patel says no one from the Austin police what I just say, Austin. No one from the Austin Police Department has shown up despite officials receiving multiple noise complaints from blasting classical tunes. He doesn't know whether the actual decibel level falls within city ordinance, but told Fox 7 that he is planning on lowering the volume. Patel says the homeless population has been a big problem. He says, quote, especially a lot of my female customers and my young customers are scared to come here because there are people constantly hanging out in the parking lot soliciting for money, he said. He says he's had to pay a professional to clean up needles. Others who work nearby say they've been attacked by homeless people. I have to carry this big old knife with me just to defend myself. It's sad that you have to do that. Joe Miranda, who works nearby, told Fox 7. Patel says he started playing the music about 10 days ago and got the idea because other store owners around the country began doing the same. Studies have shown that the classical music is annoying. Opera is annoying, and I'm assuming they are correct because it's working. Since Patel and other businesses nearby began playing classical and opera music, they've noticed a difference. Saying, quote, now, since they've had this music going on, we have less traffic down with the homeless out there. <laughs> so apparently Beethoven and opera are natural homeless deterrents, which is... Kind of hilarious if we're being honest about this stuff. All right. 
Next thing we're going to get into here, uh, IG versus Twitter. This was an interesting exchange. Actually, no, we're going to talk about that after we talk about these other things. I'm getting ahead of myself. January, the most refreshing and frustrating month of the year. You set out with lofty goals, stick to them for two weeks, and then fall right back into your old habits. Well, lucky for you, I have a goal you can accomplish today and feel great about it. It's called the Protect Your Family by Getting a Will Goal. And you can check that box in five minutes for as little as 119 bucks at epicwill.com. Yeah, when you use my promo code Graham, by the way, you'll also save an additional 10%. So I just made it even easier. Think about this. 50% of Americans don't have a will. Choose to be the smarter 50%. Think about your family. Yes, nobody wants to talk about death. It's not fun to talk about those things, but think about what you could be leaving your family and what kind of tragedy you could be adding to their tragedy of you not being here any longer. Go get a will. Choose to be smarter. Go to epicwill.com and use promo code Graham for 10% off. Go to epicwill.com, the promo code Graham for 10% off and get your will done today. All right. This is an article from CNN and this is the real meat of this uh, show today. This is the CNN article. It says there's a crisis of bullying in U.S. schools, and the solution is learning what to do before it happens. Now, full transparency, haven't read this article yet, uh, so we're going to read this in real time together. Okay, again, this is from CNN Health, which is hilarious in and of itself. Bullying at school, what parents can do to help victims and stop bullies. There's a crisis of bullying in U.S. schools, and the solution is learning what to do before it happens. One in five students report being bullied, according to data from the National Center of Educational Statistics. The U.S. government website StopBullying.gov defines bullying behavior as an imbalance of power between perpetrator and victim and repeated or potential for repeated incidents. Prevention is at the heart of of resolving bullying instead of waiting to respond once a more violent episode occurs or once many incidents escalate to a tragedy. StopBullying.gov offers resources to schools, blah, 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 blah. But parents can play a key role in this effort. Here we go. Saying, quote, we know that victims of bullying can experience negative impacts across all domains of their lives, said Miranda McGow, a clinical psychologist who works with teenagers and adults and also sits on the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention as the North Carolina chapter president. Saying, quote, it infringes upon their mental emotional, physical, social, and academic functioning. This may look like low self-esteem, depression, isolation, physical complaints like headaches or stomach aches, or avoiding going to school. Bullying can reach into children's lives more than ever before. The integration of social media in adolescents' lives further exacerbates the impacts of bullying. told you I'm reading this for the first time. Um, The social worker says, before social media, there might have been an unpleasant interaction at school, and that's mostly where it stops. Now that interaction carries over to home and is inescapable. Instead of one person making you feel bad, there may be something posted online and peers may be seeing or even liking this post. Parents can start by talking with your child about the importance of reporting bullying behavior to a school staff member. If your children witness another student being excluded, teased, humiliated, threatened, or physically hurt, they should let an adult know. 
Most kids won't be comfortable intervening to help a victim in the moment for fear of retaliation from a bully, but bystanders can still have a powerful and positive effect, not only by reporting the behavior, but also by talking to the... Okay, all right, I got to stop. Okay, let's start with this. Start by talking with your child about the importance. First of all, I agree with the social media part. Uh, I don't think your kids should be having social media. I'm sorry. I'm a firm believer in this. Uh, And I know that's ironic from a guy who makes his living on social media, but I'm also a grown adult. And I also do not care what other people say like at all in any way. I, I don't, I don't care probably to a fault. And I'll admit that I don't care so much that it's probably a fault at this point, but your child whose brain isn't fully formed, their hormones are out of whack. Let's just face it. Teenagers are walking psychopaths. I mean, I, and I mean that lovingly. It's part of the whole puberty thing, right? They should not have social medias because they can't be trusted with it. The end. All right. So there's your first thing that stops this whole, you know, and I see their point. Once upon a time, you had a problem with somebody at school. Once you left school, that was it, right? Like you didn't see them, hear from them, talk to them again. Now it's just constant through social media. Again, simple way parents can stop that. No social media. Here's a problem I have. And this is a problem with like weakening of societies, in my opinion. It says in the article, start by talking with your child about the importance of reporting bullying behavior to a school staff member. Well, when I went to school, we all knew if you tattled on a bully, it only made it worse, right? Like the bully might get in trouble for a moment, but then it's only going to make it worse on you. And so I don't know if that's the right way to do it or not. If your children, here's the part I don't like. If your children witness another student being excluded, teased, humiliated, first of all, excluded. I don't know. How do I say this? I get in trouble. Kids are going to exclude certain kids just the way it is. Just like we adults exclude certain adults. There's certain people that you're not going to gel with. You're not going to vibe with, right? I don't like the excluded part because that's just kind of life a little bit. And when you force other children to include other kids that they legit don't like and don't get along with, I don't know if that is the answer at all, because as adults, uh, I'm not in the accepting new friends application department. Like I don't need no new friends. If you're cool, I guess eventually we could form it. But, but like, if I don't gel with somebody, I'm not going to make fun of them or beat them up. But you know, as adults, we don't do that. So why do we force our children to do that? So I, I don't agree with that. Okay. Here's where I do agree. If your children witness, I'm going to remove that. I'm going to exclude that excluded comment. If your children witness another student being teased, humiliated, threatened, or physically hurt, they should let an adult know. Uh, Yes, I agree. But also, what about this part? Most kids won't be comfortable intervening to help a victim in the moment for fear of retaliation from a bully. Well, uh, no, I got a problem with that. I, I, I really do because, and, and please write me, Graham at DearAmericanMedia.com. My kids know, especially my boys and Anna Grace too, but, but especially my boys, like I've told them point blank, you will never get in trouble by me if you get in some kind of altercation with another kid because that kid was beating up or hurting somebody else. 
or you're defending yourself. And in fact, I go, this is me. And again, I may be stepping on some toes here. Email me, Graham at DearAmericaMedia.com. I tell my boys, I said, you have a obligation and a responsibility. If you see somebody getting beat up or threatened or hurt, you have an obligation as a strong person to go and intervene in that situation. The end. You, <laughs> I, you know, I always say it like this, I'm like, look, you're an Allen. The end. We do not sit idly by and let other people who are weaker be picked on or be hurt by other people or bullies. We don't, we don't do that. We don't stand by and watch that happen. While you're running to the teacher to go tattle, this kid's getting the crap beat out of him. No, absolutely not. Maybe I'm wrong. And please email me and let me know if you think I am. But I don't believe that I am. Strong people are meant to lift weaker people up, not beat them down. I have a serious problem with the whole, don't do anything, go tell a teacher, go tell a teacher. And then what happens is the bullying's over by the time the teacher gets there. And then the cycle continues, man, look, I realize that this ain't the nineties and early two thousands anymore, but look, dude, what do you do to a bully? That's fit. That is escalated to physical type stuff. You punch that bully right back in the mouth, man. The end. And nine times out of 10, the bully's done. And also, I mean, we could go into the DSM-5, the psychological things of it. Hurt people hurt people. Most of the time, kids that bully kids at school are being bullied at home. Okay, these are real things. Absolutely. But this whole culture of get your phone out and record it. Instead of standing, instead of helping, like we see it all the time. How many times have I posted on my social media account, women getting punched in the face and these dudes are just standing by recording it on their phone, trying to go viral. That's the world we live in now. Where are the men or the future men in our society that see somebody getting picked on or physically touched, attacked, whatever, that step in and deck that dude? Where, where are the women? Same way. Don't think I'm naive. I saw many a girl fight back in high school. Women, same thing. You see some girl picking on another girl, deck her in the mouth. Sorry. (laughs) It's just the way I believe it. And it goes with this culture that we're in, that there are no consequences for your actions and things like this. And all of this goes for this article I read. This is from Robert F. Kennedy Jr. The American Academy of Pediatrics, New Clinical Guidelines for Treating Childhood Obesity. Again, the American Academy of Pediatrics, New Clinical Guidelines for for Treating Childhood Obesity are diet, exercise, interaction with other kids. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) That's not what it says. That's what most people would believe, right? Put the McDonald's down, go get some exercise put the video games down, go outside and play, right? Like that is the normal thing. But no, no, the Academy, the American Academy of Pediatrics, new clinical guidelines for treating childhood obesity, recommended weight loss drugs plus surgery, prompting some experts to ask why the Academy is focused on profit generating treatments rather than addressing 
the root causes. Uh, you know, you could look at stuff like red dye. Red dye is a proven thing, right? Red dye makes kids like super hyperactive and they can't pay attention to stuff. And it's also addicting, right? Uh, but, 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 but here's the thing. Look, if your child is fat and, and let me go ahead and hash or asterisk this. Okay. If you have some kind of genetic thing, I'm not talking about you. Okay. I realize that genetics do play some role here. I, I, I get it. Right. But if your 10 year old is obese, that is your fault as a parent. The end. It is your fault as a parent. Okay. It's your fault. One more time. It is your fault as a parent. I don't care what you have to say or the excuses that you have. Oh, they're trauma and they're scarred and they eat for comfort and da da da. You're the one that supplies the food for them to be able to do it. They ain't got no job. They can't buy the food. Oh, well, they won't eat anything healthy. All they'll eat is French fries. Well, stop buying the French fries. Look, man, Gage, my oldest son, went through this where the only thing he would eat was a carb. <laughs> that was it. It was macaroni and cheese. It was grilled cheese sandwich. It was a cheese quesadilla. It was a French fry. It, 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 everything he ate was a carb. The boy was a carb. Okay. There comes a point where, you know, parents get this whole thing in their head. Where we're like, well, we can't abuse the kids. We can't not feed them. Uh, you're right. You can't not feed them. But you can put some grilled chicken and some broccoli in front of them. And if they refuse to eat it because they're spoiled, then, pfft, sorry, I guess you ain't eating. <laughs> you know, there's a difference between not feeding your kids and your kid in this will battle with you. Because they don't want what you have provided. Uh, I heard this comedian say at one time, you know, back when I was a kid, you know, my mom, when I said, what's for dinner? My mom didn't say, well, you know, we could have either this, or we could have that, or we could Uber Eats this, or we could order pizza, blah, blah, blah. No. And this is really true in my life too. When I asked my grandma what was for dinner, she just looked at me and she said, dinner, that's what's for dinner. Dinner is whatever I make you. Why are you asking me a stupid question? <laughs> you know what I mean? And that, that legitimately was what it was. We live in a world with too many options. Too many options. We give our kids too many options. Now, I'm not saying that you can't give your kids possibilities and all this other kind of stuff because some people are going to send me some kind of stupid email like that. They're going to be like, well, don't you believe that we should um, have, you know, children, you know, believe in, in themselves and have options to do whatever they want. Of course, we're talking about food here. We're talking about your kid being fat. That's what we're talking about. Gage was, was fat. He was pudgy. The end, he was pudgy. And I'm saying this as a parent, it was like, yep, we got to do something. Uh, cause that's on us. The other two kids are fine. Uh, we're not big people. He's pudgy. Something's going on. And it's because the boy was a carb. <laughs> that's what he ate. That's all he ate. That's all he ate. The end. One of the first things we did was we found a neighborhood, neighborhood with a lot of kids in it. We moved into the neighborhood for that very reason. Do you hear what I'm saying to you? We picked a house that wasn't our dream house, but we knew that there was nothing but kids in this neighborhood. And if we moved in this neighborhood, our children would go outside more. They would play more. When I say that we have to physically drag our children back inside because it's time to eat dinner 
That's what I mean. Like, like all they do is play with the other kids. And guess what miraculously started happening? Gage started thinning out. This boy started losing weight. He eats more now than he ever has, and he's losing weight because all he does is run around all day. All he does is run around. There's literally, I'm sorry, this is totally breaking. One, two, three, four, five deer. No, six deer in my backyard right now as I'm talking to you. Man, oh man, if I wasn't in a subdivision with my bow. Wow. Seven, seven deer right there. Okay, back to the point. It's not child abuse to provide food for your child that they refuse to eat. Okay? And I'm getting to my point here. Your child refusing to eat means that they ain't really hungry. Not really. They may, I mean, they may be hungry, but they ain't starving. You know what I'm saying? When I was in boot camp, when I was in the army, I ate things that I would never eat now. Absolutely not. You want me to eat what? No, thank you. I'm good. But I ate it in the army because guess what? I was hungry. <laughs> Your kid's only going to deny those, uh, that grilled chicken breast and broccoli so long. He's only, he or she's only going to deny it for so long before they're going to be like, all right, yeah, give me that. I'm hungry. Like for real, I'm hungry. That's not child abuse. You provided food for your child. Your child is in such a place of privilege, if we're going to talk about that, living in the top 1% of society that is here in America. The poorest person in America is richer than 99% of the world. Okay, it's that, that is just the truth. It is not child abuse to present real Good food for your child. And if they choose not to eat it, you got to be strong enough as a parent. And that's another thing. We've got a lot of weak spined parents in here. You got to be strong enough as a parent to deal with your kid crying, going to bed and like screaming, oh, you're abusing, like you're, you're refusing to feed me. That's child abuse. Da, 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 da. Because your kids ain't stupid. They know what to say that's going to affect you. But you are the parent. You're the boss. You're the leader. Grow up. Take that switch away. Send their butt outside. Go outside and play. When I was a kid on a Saturday, I wasn't even allowed in the house. <laughs> I'm just being for real, man. My grandparents, me, uh, my buddy Justin, all of us, uh, around eight, nine o'clock on a Saturday. All right, you've been hanging out long enough. Get your butt outside. And we did. And we played all day. All day outside, all day. There, there wasn't even no thought of going in. Most of the time, we were having so much fun, we'd skip lunch and we'd just play until dinner. The, the world we live in, man, it's crazy. It's nuts. And here's the thing: all of this is 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 pushed. This no fault society. Fox News reports that childhood obesity is soaring as fat shaming is bad. And exercise is racist. While body positivity is undeniably important for one's mental health, the line has been blurred regarding the known detriments to physical health from being overweight, says Dr. Nicole Sapphire. I agree completely. Okay, we don't need to put a false sense of reality in there. I heard this, uh, this great conversation between these two Christian guys. One was like a, a, a fitness person, right? 
And they were talking about the fact that the reality is, right? These Instagram models and all this stuff that you see, that's not real. The reality is that in America right now, there are more millionaires walking around than someone that has actual six pack abs that pop out when they lift their shirts up because it's not natural. Okay. You have to work. That is your full-time job pretty much to have that year round. And anybody that's even in the weightlifting community, because I once was in that, will tell you that. Yeah, that's photo shoot ready. Yeah, that's stage ready. That ain't what I look like. No, (laughs) no, no, you die. That's not real. Even, Even marathon runners, have you ever seen marathon runners really? When they take their clothes off, they look like a twig. I mean, I'm talking about guys that like, like Cameron Haynes. I love Cameron Haynes. I love everything about this dude. One of the most just grittiest dudes on the planet. This guy runs like 25 miles a day, right? But when he takes his shirt off, he don't have like a six pack popping out and things like that. Cause this dude's eating whatever cheeseburger he can get his hands on. Cause he's burning 50,000 calories a day, running 26 miles. That's not real, right? But we've blurred the line. We've blurred the line to say, well, yeah, okay, six packs aren't real. Well, they are real, but six packs aren't normal life, right? That's not normal life. A person has a six pack because they were trying to prove something to themselves. They got a photo shoot going on. They're competing in a competition and or they get paid a lot of money to live that kind of life, right? But now we've blurred it to where now we're saying, well, obesity is beautiful too because that's just your body. No, 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 it's not. No. No, it's not. No, no, it's not. Obesity is not your body. That's not real. That's what you've done to your body. Now, I'm not saying that some people don't struggle with weight. We've already talked about that. I'm not talking about the 3% of the situation that has a medical reason behind it. I'm talking to all the rest of us lazy people. Look, man, hey, I'm the same way. I am 20 pounds heavier than I was when I was active duty. Why is that? Well, most people would say, well, it's because you're older, you know, blah, 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 blah. You can't do what you were doing. Well, that may be true, but it's also because I'm not doing what I used to do when I was in the army. (laughs) When I was in the army, I was working out twice a day. I was running. I was doing all this stuff. I ain't ran since 2016. That's when I got out. I said to myself, I've ran for 12 years of my life. I ain't running no more. Well, guess what? I'm 20 pounds heavier than I used to be. Now. I don't think that I'm uh, obese by any means. However, you got to do the things to get the same results. We live in this world where exercise is racist. They have even gone so far to say that exercise has got slavery connotations all the way back. It's, It's crazy stuff that we live on in this no fault culture. And what we really need is our parents to stand up. All right. Last but not least, I want to talk about this IG versus Twitter conversation that I saw Elon Musk and Jordan Peterson get involved in. So Elon made a statement. It says, Instagram makes people depressed and Twitter makes people angry, which is better. Jordan Peterson says, anger at least has positive emotion intermingled neurologically. It's a combination of positive and negative emotion, and it can be useful, not least as defense. Sadness and contrition can be useful as well, but the general paralysis of true depression seems only to be harmful pain. And he said, so I guess Twitter's better. 
I agree. I think that Instagram and, you know, Instagram models and these false sense of realities of, you know, body imaging and, and all this stuff. Yeah, it can make people truly depressed because you will look at someone that their life is to look that way. And you are going to school, you're working a normal job, you got three kids, you whatever, and you can't figure out why you don't look that way. Well, because you're not going to, because that's not your job. You, you don't literally work out for an hour, then you rest for three hours and you work out another hour again, then you rest for three hours and you work out another thing again, then you get at least at minimum 10 hours of sleep. Plus you got a personal chef that makes all your meals for you. You got people that remind you every day when it's time to eat, when it's time to take your 37 pills of vitamins that you're taking every day. That's not you, right? But Twitter invoking anger, anger can be used in a positive way. You can turn anger into a positive result. Anger is in the system of feelings and states of psychological well-being. Anger is an actual thing. You know, you can be angry about stuff. That is healthy to become angry and learn how to deal with the anger and channel the anger into determination and drive and moving forward to a positive result. These are real things. So again, I say, I, I, I tell people all the time, use it. If you're mad about the way your body looks, use it. Do something about it. Turn it into something positive. If you're mad about, I tell my kids this all the time. I'm like, hey, if you're mad about the way people are treating you, use it. Change it. Maybe you can't affect that situation, but you can affect how you, how you make other people feel. If you don't want to, if you know how it feels to be treated that way, then use that to be a better person for other people and be the, be the change that you want to see, right? Email me, Graham at DearAmericanMedia.com. I'm super interested to hear what you guys think and what you have to say. That's all I got for this episode. I hope you guys enjoyed it. Make sure to leave us a rating. Give us five stars. It helps us in the chart. And send me an email, Graham at DearAmericanMedia.com. I hope you guys have an amazing day, and we'll see you all again next time. 